on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the Clubhouse. Yeah, the Clubhouse. Mark Allen is in the studio. My name's Julian Bayard. Great to have your company right across Australia, wherever you might be uh, tuning in on this fine golfing weekend. Marco, golf season's heating up. Hey. Things are starting to happen on the PGA Tour, Abu Dhabi last weekend. Great win by Ricky Fowler. Awesome we'll get stuck into tournament, that. Abu Dhabi. The Pro Shop, brand new segment here on the Clubhouse. We'll uh, take a look at the uh, latest gear. What are we going to have a look, look at today, Marco? I think we're looking at the uh, remote control buggy yes. versus the carry bag. Ooh. So Stone Age versus Modern yes. Age. We'll have a look at both of them. Good to see you, Jules. Absolutely, mate. And I can say that uh, last week with uh, Jordan Spieth over in Abu Dhabi, the European Tour event was just littered with big stars playing there. Yep. There, there are now quite a few tournaments on the European Tour where it just outshine. They outshine what happens um, in America, which is fantastic, actually. Yep. It is absolutely sensational. And the more that I hear that uh, the rest of the tournaments around the globe are all going to be invested. They'll basically be under the one umbrella on the European Tour. Mm. That's very, very exciting. And if that happens, then our best players, our young players coming through, will all be part of a very big tour. And, you know, at the moment, I would say only 50% of our best golfers are actually members of the PGA or the European Tour. Yep. Only 50% mm. of our best. Our best. Here in Australia, we've got a lot of good golfers. We need at least 90%. 90% of our best Yep. don't know how you can make it our best, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. The yeah. guys who can play. Mm-hmm. 90% of the guys who can really play, they need to be on either the US tour, the big one, not the web.com, or the European tour of some stage. And this way, it's going to happen. So I, I just cannot wait. But Ricky so, Fowler went from number six to number four last yeah, week. Yeah, the big four. We'll talk about that in Do a you sec. consider him part of the big four? Uh, just about, I reckon. Just about. He's fourth, isn't he? Yep. He might be. I don't think we. I know he's fourth, but I don't think we've got a big four yet. I think the second we that will. the second that he wins a major, big three goes to big four. But he's definitely number four. Yep. He's definitely number four in the world at the moment, and the world rankings show that also. He's getting rid of that overrated tag that he's had for so long. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true. And look, he had to play it. He needed some magic, you know. The chip in on seventeen. Um, needed that for the two-shot mm-hmm. buffer going down 18. And you do. I mean, even even these guys, you know, that they've got nerves. They play with nerves. Sometimes it looks nerveless because they've done so many repetitions. You know, they get in this situation and they trust their swing so much. But the stomach's churning. And the stomach churns, but that's not enough to put them off. Not the good ones anyway. And Ricky Fowler with his new remodeled swing, I still think it can get better. I still think the shaft goes back flat and comes down steep. Yeah. But I have a lot of trust in Butch Harmon and the way that he teaches his players. Yes. I really do. I think that I think that Ricky Fowler well, this sounds ridiculous. I think he's on the right track. Of course he's on the right track, but if he can get that shaft angle going up and down the same sort of plane mm-hmm. back and through, wow. Could be he big could four. Go to number one. Well, yeah, could be he could be a, a mighty part love of the this, big four. Love this. So Jason Sobel, who works for ESPN and mm-hmm. one of the great golf writers and commentators, says uh, official world golf ranking beginning tomorrow. Number one, Jordan Spieth. Yep. Number two, Jason Day. Number three, Rory McIlroy. Number four, Ricky Fowler. Average age twenty five point eight. Unreal. And then Jordan Spieth tweeted back to him and said, "Wow, they must all be really old." <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, it is. It's, look, it's incredible. It's incredible to see these guys play and. You can see, you know, people like Tiger Woods and Ernie Els and the new generation Phil of Mickelson. 
Now, they improved on Greg Norman and Seve Bellasteros and Ian Woosnam mm-hmm. and those guys and Nick Feldo. Uh, and those, you know, Nick Feldo, Greg Norman, they improved on Jack Nicholas and, you know, Wisecoff and Johnny Miller. So it just, they just keep on getting better and better and better. The funny thing is, when you go back a million years, we still hold Nelson, Sneed and Hogan. They seem to hover. Yeah. That generation, that 1930s and 40s and 50s, probably 60s as well with Sam Snead. He kept on playing for a million years. Um, those guys, the ones, a bit like Bradman, you know? Yep. I'm sure our guys have more skill. I'm mm. sure they do at the moment. Our yep. batsmen, I'm sure they I'm do. I'm sure they do. I'm yep. sure they do. Mm-hmm. But Bradman is the one, just like Hogan's the one, and yep. Sam Snead are the best swing I mean, ever. You think of the equipment that they were using back Byron then too. Byron Nelson though. hit the ball straighter than everybody else. You know, this yep. the, the legendary, I, I still don't want to touch them, but <laughs> certainly the guys, these young guys now, they have yeah. improved the Pond Tiger. There is no doubt in my mind that they have. What about some of the cash being thrown around uh, the Middle East in golf at the moment, Marco? Mm. Unfortunately, you see the vision. There's not many people going along and watching these unbelievable players play, yeah. but the cash they're getting offered to go and play over here. Yeah. Jordan Spieth reports about $4 million. He got yeah. paid by some shake over there to, yep. to rock up and play. Didn't play very well, but still yep. collects $4 mil. Yep. Yeah, look, I think it's money well spent. I mean, if the Abu Dhabi tournament wasn't there every year and yep. the best golfers in the world didn't go there every year, I would have told you Abu Dhabi was a country town in New South Wales or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And so with Qatar, mm-hmm. you know, because of because because they go there every year, the best players, yeah. I know that Qatar is spelt without a U. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, the, the, these golf tournaments put these little, they're not little, they're very wealthy towns on the map. And I think the Sheiks understand that. And, um, you know, just like we got Tiger to come down to the Australian Masters. I yeah. mean, that really put our sand belt on the map. I mean, we, we've always spoken about it, and the people who have made the trip have always go mm. back and they spread the word. But it wasn't until uh, Kingston Heath was beamed across the world, well, the world and, and Tiger Woods was telling everybody that these courses are unbelievable that uh, everyone took notice. So I think the money the Victorian government spent to get Tiger down was unreal. And I think, um, you know, the, the, those tournaments in the Middle East, they understand it, like I was saying. And, you know, it's no big deal. Four million. What's it like, really? It's like a sandwich to it. No, it's like a chicken sandwich. Yeah, give him four. Yeah, four Whatever it takes. Four will do. Three to get yeah. him down. No, give him four. Just round it up. See if he can come next year as well. So, no big deal. All right, these big four we, we've talked about, McElroy, Fowler, um, Spieth, and Jason Day, our own mm. Jason Day. Mm. What's it, what does it mean for golf in the future, Marco? Because they're so young. The average age is 25, 25 like we yeah. said. Kids and golf in the future are looking at these blokes and thinking, hey, we're, we can relate to these guys. They're not, they're yeah. not these 35, 40-year-olds, which we've seen in the past winning tournaments. They're young mm. guys. They're hip. They're cool. Yep. It's making a massive difference in golf at the moment. Yeah, right? look, it is. And um, there's certainly no Kyrgios or Tomic no. in them either, which, which is good, <laughs> which is just fantastic, <laughs> which is really, really good. So, um, look, uh, I think golf has to... Yeah, you know, just like just like it did with Tiger Woods, I think golf, world golf, uh, and luckily there's a couple, you know, guys in here from that are outside the United States. Yep. I think the world golf has to jump all over it, absolutely jump all over this, and 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 push them as hard as they push Tiger Woods, because um, you see in the states, you know, even though Tiger's not around anymore, and even though these four are very special, you know, the ratings have gone down, and the ratings in America count for something. Yeah, but I reckon the ratings around the world have stayed pretty much the same. And and that is that's a big tick for these four. And yeah, you know, Tiger Woods, what is he? A one in a two hundred year oh, player, I would think. Yeah, and the one rest. in a two hundred year <laughs> player. These guys are more like 
you know, I reckon. See, I even, if Tiger Woods was a one in two hundred year player, I reckon Greg Norman was a one in one hundred year player, mm-hmm. even though he didn't have the majors record. Yep. But these guys are like, you know, they're like Feldos and uh, Seve Bellastro. These guys, they're one, they're all of them. They're they're like a one in fifty year players. That's yep. what that's what I think they're mm-hmm. going to be. All these guys. Um, Rory McIlroy, you know, I was watching him last week. He came second, thirty one on the back nine. Uh, the balance, and it just looks like when he swings, every single shot is just going straight down the flag. Every shot, yeah. it looks like. If he could harness his distance control, um, really harness it, like Jordan Spieth, to Jordan Spieth's level, because Jordan doesn't hit it anywhere near as accurate. I don't, I don't think, anyway, just from what I'm yep. gauging. Someone will probably look up the stats and I'm wrong. <laughs> but just when I watch him um, in rounds one to three, anyway, I, I, I just feel like, Rory McIlroy, every shot just feels like it's going straight down the flag, and every drive is just a bomb. Yep. Um, if he could harness that uh, distance control, because I think he just, you know, sometimes they come up a little bit short, a little go a little bit long too often, uh, and I don't think he picks the flyers as well as maybe some of the better players do as well. Maybe it's good at the club head speed. I don't know, but if he could do that, then he's in a whole different league himself. So yeah, they're all very special. Yep. Maybe Rory. Maybe Rory is a one in. 75 year player. He's probably just got that little bit of, a little bit more, a little bit more than the others. But, you know, Jason Day, let's fingers crossed he can win another major this year and really kick things away. It'd be unbelievable if he could win the Masters and just start the year. Oh, mate, if he could win the US Masters straight up and he is built Mm. for this golf course. Good record. Oh, he is. He's built for it. He's a bit crook at the moment. uh, So let's get him past that. And he gets a bit sick. We've, you know, we've seen him with wrists and toes and. Um, you know, what, what, what's the balance one? The whatever. balance, yeah. There's a word for it, technical term that you and I clearly don't know the name of just <laughs> at the moment. Uh, let's get him right and get April. April can't come fast enough for me because I, I, I just want to see another Australian wearing that green jacket. And then luckily for Jason Day, here's the best bit, luckily for Jason Day is that Adam Scott got the hoodoo. You know, it's clear. Mm. There's no hoodoo anymore. Yep. Go and win it. Go and win that thing. So that would be enormous for Australian golf if Jason could really perform and win at Augusta. All right, you speak about Adam Scott. We might touch on that after the break because he said he might yet play in the Olympics in Rio this year, Marco. Oh, and you've got some thoughts on the Olympics. He doesn't want to play. <laughs> Jason's got, well, if Jason's still at number one, we'll talk about this in a tick. Yep. But if Jason's the number one player in Australia, he gets to choose. I'll talk about that after the break. My name's Julian Bayard. I'm in the studio right now with Mark Allen. You're listening to The Clubhouse across Australia. Marco, uh, speaking of Australia, our representatives Mm. potentially for the Rio Olympics, 2016 Olympics. Golf is there this year, Mm. controversially so, according to you, um, and many, many others. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Adam Scott has come out and said that he, in the past, has said it's not a priority for him, but he says... This week, if it fits mm. his schedule, he'll play. <laughs> That's a no. Yeah. If I if I'm Jason Day and I'm listening to Adam Scott, who's won a Masters and is a very highly regarded person, if I'm and, and if I'm Jason Day and dying to go to the Olympics and, and represent my country, and some of the golfers are, yep. not many, but some are, then um, I'm not picking Adam. No, I'm going to Steve Bowditch or. Um, Leash, yeah, or Leash, one, one, you know, one of those guys. Yeah, one of those guys if they got their hand up. Um, but it just shows you, it just shows you where the way they've had to fiddle with the dates at the end of the year, like majors have mm. been fiddled with their dates. 
USPGA has been fiddled with, the way this season ends has been fiddled with. So there's not going to be much time for players to taper, because golfers do, yep. uh, for the big ones. And if the Olympics get in the way, particularly someone like Adam Scott, because you know with the short putter, yeah. the opportunity for him to win majors, that window is closed. So everything has to be spot on for someone like Adam Scott to win a major. Um, I, I just wouldn't pick him. Now, if you don't know how it works um, at the Olympics, or I think at the World Cup you get picked. I think you get picked at the World Cup, mm-hmm. the one that's going to be at Kingston Heath. Yep. But if I'm Jason Day and uh, I'm number one, I'm saying I'm going, and I'm hearing Adam talk like that, I'd give him a call and say, hey, listen, come on, mate. don't think I'm going to worry if you don't come yep. to the Olympics. Don't, don't, don't think, because I'm razzed about it, um, that I'm expecting you to play the Olympics. He said, about I'll come. Yep. You know, he's going all right. Or Leash is keen. He called, he called me the other week and said he's keen. <laughs> so if you're not keen and you want to concentrate on the USPGA, that's fine, that, that's fine by me. So I just, wanted to, I just wanted to make that clear. Yep. And, uh, and I reckon he probably, you know, he might have to make the call. I'll probably see each other and discuss it is the way I yep. see it playing out. Have it over dinner or something like uh, that. Yeah, but but fair they, they put they put They put the golf in the Olympics in the hope that Tiger Woods would be there. So yeah. it's backfired. Yeah. If they knew eight years ago, when this was decided, mm-hmm. that Tiger Woods, who was then the undisputed greatest player the world had ever seen, yeah. and was very honest with his wife eight years ago. <laughs> he was back then. He was. <laughs> he was. So if if they knew that that guy was going to fall off the rails and also lose his game completely, yeah. which was unimaginable back then, they wouldn't have even thought about putting golf in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. There is no way in the world. In fact, if there was a if there wasn't a Tiger Woods like figure in the game, I doubt they would have been pushing for it. Yeah. But the Olympic Committee wanted the biggest stars in the world there. And eight years ago, Tiger Woods was the biggest sports star in the whole world. Yeah. By a mile. Absolutely. By a mile. By a mile. What and now it's all backfired and you know, they'll get people going and Jordan Spieth will play for America and blah blah blah. And it'll be okay. Mm. But I doubt you'd be able to remember. I doubt the common man would be able to remember who won the gold. Just like you and I can't remember who won gold in tennis. Yep. Last time the Olympics was played, no one will remember who yeah, won the gold fair. medal that's at the fair. Olympics. What would it compare to for one of these big name golfers, Marco? Would it would they prefer to win a gold medal for their country, or would they prefer to win a the PGA Tour this weekend? They'd prefer to win the Australian Open than a gold medal. Would yep. be my tip. If you asked Adam Scott today, what would you prefer, the gold medal? Or an, another Australian Open, Adam Scott would say, "Give me the Australian Open." Yeah, absolutely. He would. There are others who have won Australian Opens or have won majors, mm-hmm. and maybe the Australian Open pales into the. You know, they, you might ask Jason Day, "What would you prefer, an Australian Open or a gold, you a gold medal in the Olympics?" He, he might say, a "Gold medal." But you know, not one golfer anywhere in the world is going to say, "What would you prefer, the gold medal or a British Open?" <laughs> no contest, no gold contest. medal or a US Open, no contest. Mm-hmm. Gold medal USPGA, no contest. Gold medal in the Masters, that question should never, ever be asked. It shouldn't even be in the same sentence. Yep. That one, it's it's so ridiculous. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Who's going to line up for Australia? I'll give, give us your tip. I say Scotty won't play because he'll realise that everything has to be perfect for him to win a major. Yep. And he'll say, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my tip. I think he's out. So I think it'll be Jason Day, 
and Leash. Yep, I would agree with that. I reckon Leash is uh, it's something that he would want to do. Yeah, he's Just getting better too. He's, mm. he's going to have a good year, Leash. He is. You watch him. Yep. Hopefully they can get the job done. Win another gold for Australia. That'd be nice. That'd be great. It would be great. And, the and World Cup after that. And you and I would remember we in would. four years' time. Because <laughs> we picked it. <laughs> we'd remember who won. Hey, Marco, we started a brand new segment on the Clubhouse last yes. week. I said we'd get some production value it. into the show. So it's time for... On the Clubhouse, the Pro Shop. All right. Here we go. Here we go. The Pro Shop. Each and every week, we're going to have a bit of a look at some golfing equipment, some accessories, the latest yep. and greatest gear. Yep. And this week, Marco, we're talking about buggies. Electric versus the pull-throughs versus yep. the carry bags. What yep. are we dealing with if we're playing golf this week? All right. Well, there should never be a pool buggy in golf. That should be eliminated unless you're a kid. Yep. Um, like, and I'm talking about a 12-year-old. I reckon everybody should carry... I reckon every, everyone should carry their bag. Unless... Unless you're an old guy, yeah. when I say an old guy, 45 plus, 45 plus, that remote control buggy <laughs> that your bag sits on, yep. and you just you can walk along like you've almost got a caddy, I really rate it. I played with someone the other week who had one, and it was fantastic. And you know, that guy had a bad back, and normally pulling yeah. the buggy around or pushing the buggy around, by the time he got to the 10th or 12th hole, he was stuffed. But this thing, one, was great entertainment, but two... <laughs> Uh, saved his back, yeah, which is fantastic. But you still have to drive the thing around the place. Now, the the um, the carry bag is back in. Is that what you use? I use a carry you, bag. So you carry your own clubs. Yeah, it's just Every so much room. easier. Yep. Well, I, I remember how much, it, how much does it weigh? Not much, because normally, normally when I'm just messing around, I, I take t- two clubs out and play with twelve clubs. Now, yeah. that makes a significant difference. Yep. Doesn't sound like much, but mm. I'm telling you, taking out. So what I do is I have a driver. A four wood, uh, when I actually play in a tournament or something, I have a driver, three wood, and a five wood. Yep. But I just have a four wood when I've got the 12 club system in. And then I just have a three iron, no four iron, five iron down. Mm-hmm. And that's my 12 clubs. And that works beautifully. By the way, I think golf should be a 12 club game. I think 14's too much right. these days. We'll t- that's next week. Let's okay. discuss that we'll next week, next all right? Week. Yep. Because they're never going to bring the ball back. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Um, but the carry bag, it is just the way of the future. One, when you're walking down the fairway, you've got two hands. You can clean clubs. You can That's take true. a call. And I don't care what people say, you should be allowed to talk yep. on your phone during a round of golf. Especially if you're meant to be at work. If there is a golf club <laughs> around at the moment that is suggesting that you cannot get stuff done on the golf course, well, I'm sorry, but they're 70 years old, the people who are making those rules. Yep. Because these days, you need to be on call as often as you possibly can. And if you can sneak out for that one round and play... Mm-hmm. You need both hands. So the carry bag is a joy. You can text. Nice. You can do whatever you like. You can yep. send them, you know, you can send messages to your producer, Jules. You can yes. do whatever you like. <laughs> so I'm the carry bag man. But the electronic buggy. Now, if you're driving along the car right now, picture this. Yeah. The only hard thing is getting it out of the boot of your car. <laughs> Once you get it out of the boot of your car, that little remote control slips beautifully into your pocket. Yep. You just start walking and put your finger on this almost like a joystick type apparatus. Your thumb just dictates where it goes. There's a little thing on the side, uh, two two pushes Mm -hmm. to make it go forward, makes it go faster. Three pushes makes it go faster. If you want to go really fast, four, and away she goes. And you just walk around. You walk around like you have a caddy. One of the great luxuries and joys in life is playing a fantastic golf course with a caddy. And this is as close, 
these days as you can without looking stupid because, Jules, if you turn up to a golf course these days with your own caddy, yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yourself. you look stupid. You are kidding yourself. Yeah. Unless it's your 12-year-old son yeah. and then you look fantastic. Then you look well, like you're a good well bloke, you know, bringing your kid along. <laughs> Anyway, so I've been thinking about it. It's very hard to split these because when I get older, when I get to, I'm probably going to be 60 when I get to one of these remote control beauties. Yeah. Hard to split. So what I'm going to say is 50 and under, 12 club situation in the carry bag, you'll never look back. Also, plenty of room in the boot Mm -hmm. moving forward. Plenty of room in the boot. But once you get past that 55, 60-year-old threshold, don't even think about these fold-up buggies and you know all that. It's just rubbish. So you're not you don't like them at all. What, I've, a, I've a always, buggy. Yeah, I've always used a push three-wheeler. Yeah, no, no, foot, well, little so, foot brake on it. So many people have, and I, I always did. I always yeah. did until I went to America. Now in America, when I went over there to play college golf, they, they don't even have buggies, pool buggies at the golf course. Really? Like that. No, the kids just put the carry bag on and away they Straight go, on. and you get used to it. Yeah, you actually get used to it. But it's so much easier. And, you know, if it, some clubs require you to carry a bucket of sand, don't do that. Just get an old Gatorade bottle, fill yeah. the bottle with sand, ah. stick it in the back. So you see, you see a lot of guys out there carrying the bucket of sand that defeats the purpose of actually the carry. Free. You need both hands free, mate. The Gatorade bottle, Marco, I'm, I don't want to interrupt that. Yeah. That is a genius idea that I'd never thought of. Yeah, it's so I simple. Can't that. Yeah, the Gatorade bottle. Yeah. Some people actually go to Coles. And they get the there's a, these the thick ones. tin there there's a tin drink bottle yeah. it has a huge <laughs> opening at the top so they can scoop it easier so some people go to those links but yeah do not carry your golf bag and carry a, a bucket of sand around it's ridiculous yep go to the pro shop even if it's early so if you're in the car right now driving to golf. If it's seven thirty, go buy a thing of Gatorade, drink a little bit, Smash tip it. the rest out, <laughs> fill that with sand, and put it in your bag. It's so much easier to do. That's, You'll make everybody happy. That's one of the best tips you've given, Mark. Oh, I, I should have kept it for later. You should have saved it for master. I should have kept it for later. <laughs> but I'm going to give the carry bag the tick. Yep. Very close second. Very close. Very close to the uh, remote control buggy. I like it. Yeah. Well played, Mark. Only way to play the game. That's the pro shop on the clubhouse. Up next, we're going to go inside the clubhouse for Club Mandalay. Mm. We're going to hear a bit from Ricky Fowler after his mm. win last week. You can hear about uh, potential redesign of the Torrey mm. Pines course too, Mark. Yeah. Playing oh, this yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that in the yeah. tick. I so do, we'll, I do. We'll talk about that right after this. By the way, the uh, the golf car, Yeah. that's the number one. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, the that's the number one. But yeah. if you don't have motorised car, yeah. the other two. Yeah. This is the clubhouse right across Australia. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the clubhouse. Mark Allen and Julian Bayard is my name. You are with the clubhouse right across Australia. It's time to go inside the clubhouse for Mandalay Golf Course, Melbourne's newest Ooh. golfing experience in the North Platte, Melbourne's newest golf course, Club Mandalay. It's just off the Hume Highway, Marco, in Melbourne's north, yeah. uh, about 40 minutes north. I was checking it out online, actually. Course. I saw some of the pictures online. Mm. It looks fantastic. Sensational. Played out there with uh, Dr. Turf, who many with of our Turf. listeners would be familiar with, and yeah. his brother Mark, and it was fantastic. So yeah. clubmandalay.com.au for all the details. Now, uh, they're Playing this weekend, Marco, uh, the Farmers Insurance Open out there at Torrey. 14 Pines. Australians picked it up yeah. this week, including Ryan Ruffles. Yep. First yeah. one. Yeah, Cameron Smith, too. Cameron Smith, who mm-hmm. finished fifth in the US Open. He was there as well. Yep. Hope they go well. Hopefully they do. Now, uh, they're talking about plans for a redesign, potentially, of the Oh, this North is great course. news. Who's, so who's the redesigner? Tom Weisskopf oh, is he's a... talking about plans for a redesign. Yeah. So you talk about, before we hear from him, because he spoke about it during the yeah, week, but yeah. uh, you tell us about this area of land and the courses that are oh, on it. It's unbelievable. It's down in San Diego. Um, it's on 
the Cliffs. We've all seen the tournament. It, 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 well, the tournament venue where Tiger Woods won his last major in 2008. That was Torrey Pines. And they play this tournament every single year there. Um, I, 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 you know, on TV, it looks spectacular. You actually get there. The course is as pedestrian a golf course as I've ever seen for a venue or for a block of land like that. Now, Tom Weiskopf, he's the design. He's one of the great designers, one of the great U.S. modern designers. He and Tom Doke and Crenshaw, mm-hmm. these guys, you know, have done so much for golf. Those in particular, um, design Lock Loman, like I was talking about. If Tom Weiskopf can get his hands on the North Course, because I think Phil Mickelson might have had a go at the yep. South. Um, he he could turn this pedestrian golf course on, you know, a Ferrari type piece of land. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's like a how can I say it's like a Datsun one two one design on a Ferrari yeah. piece of land. If if he can actually get his hands on it and get his way and and get it do the job properly, right? This could be one of the most beautiful golf courses in the world. I mean, Fantastic. it already is a beautiful place yeah. to play your golf. But like I was saying, of course itself. not a great deal of challenges mentally right. around Torrey Pines. Hit it straight, hit to the small greens and just hit it to the middle of the greens. They go in a bunker, it you know, just looks like a little swimming pool mm-hmm. type bunker. Hit in the rough, it's just long rough. But you have these cliffs, it's unbelievable. And every time I've been there, it's never blown. You would expect that block of land on the Pacific to blow seven clubs every day. Every time I've been there, it's been a perfect day to play. So it's the most beautiful, perfect idyllic place you could ever imagine. San Diego's got this beautiful weather, 24 months of the year. Uh-huh. There's only 12 months, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> it goes on and on and on and on, right? It's just, it is absolutely perfect. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. If, if if he can get this up and going, Tom Weisskopf, I really rate him as a designer and hopefully we'll have something special uh, down in San Diego. Let's have a listen to what he's had to say during the week. What we're going to do is we're going to increase the green sizes that will help us get more pin placements and have a variety of challenges from a day-to-day aspect. It also helps the wear and tear. And these old courses, I've been involved in renovations and some of my old courses, they tend to shrink. These greens were much bigger when they were first designed. I know they were. Probably two to four to five feet of width going around these greens. There are 58 bunkers that exist. There's 30 on the front nine, there's 28 on the back. We are going to change their location and their shapes. We are gonna redo whatever the ones that stay, they're gonna be redone with better drainage, better sand, and um, we're going to change the position of those uh, on the golf course where they exist now because some of them are so far outdated. Why? Because of the equipment that all of us have the ability to play with today. We, we almost hit the ball as far or further than we did 20 years ago. Most all of us that play, we can. That doesn't mean we hit it straight enough, right? We're happy with the routing. You know, I think it's a very good routing. Um, why change it? You know, so many people have enjoyed playing golf here. You know, you could change. When do you stop when you start on these things? You know, let's keep the first hole of five. Let's keep 18 of five. Let's keep 14 of five. And and uh, let's keep the ninth hole of five. Now there's, you know, I've looked at the routing. I've studied it. I've walked it. I've played it, you know. And I think there's a few things that we could do, but... 
those will be up for discussion. You know, we have a very adequate budget. We have a great construction company that I've worked with, uh, Wadsworth uh, Construction Company. They've been on my bid list for 30 years. Uh, I think I've been involved in 18 or 20 golf courses with them. They have excellent shapers. Um, you know, uh, everybody seems to, I asked that question, your question, and let's just kind of keep it the same, you know. Let's just improve the strategic quality of each hole, the beauty, if we can, of each hole. Let's enhance it. And uh, let's, let's make it a playable, fun, but challenging golf course. Think about the guys that are going to play at one time on either Thursday or Friday. It's the 90,000 plus people. We have to get them around. We have to make it enjoyable. We have to make it be beautiful. Could be, uh, could be magnificent, Marco. It's going to be awesome, mate. Sensational. I rate him. Hey, I rate this bloke. Marco's masterclass. Time to get a golf lesson from Mark Allen. He's already given you one of the best tips, practical tips you could hope for on a golf course Which one was that? this round, uh, this show, I should say. And that was the Gatorade bottle for oh, the yeah. sand. Yes, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. If yeah. you are uh, carrying market. your clubs and you're worried about sand, go and grab an empty Gatorade bottle, fill it up, put fill it, it in up. your little side pocket of your bag. Job's and done. There you go. Job's done. Perfect. What are we looking at today, Marco? Okay. Master class time. Putting is key to this game. If you have 36 putts, that's not very good. If you're a pro and you have 36 putts, you won't eat for months on end. Yep. You want to have 26, 28 putts, particularly if you're not hitting greens. If you are an average player out there, um, you know, the best players in the world, they probably hit 12, 13 greens around on the golf courses from the back tees, and they still play all right. If you're an average player, most of the guys are hitting six greens around. So if you're only hitting six greens around, you want to have 28 putts. Yeah. It's really important. But if you don't know what you're doing, you don't know what you're doing. And the most important thing when you putt is the first move. And you want it to be supernatural. So what I'm suggesting people do is when you get on the putting green this morning or when you get on the putting green after listening to this tip at home, the carpet, whatever you're going to get on, I want you to set up, look at the ball, line it up, and then look at the hole. A lot like what uh, Jordan Spieth does, mm. the world number one player. But I want you to just hit some putts. And I want you to think about how you start that stroke. Because most people think it's with the hands or it's with the arms that you start back. It is not. When you're actually looking at the target, natural sporting, um, what can I say? Your natural sporting uh, intellect takes over. It's a bit like uh, screwing up a piece of paper, looking at the rubbish bin over there and just going, whoop, there's no, there is no a technique. Yeah. And that's what you want when you putt. You don't want any technique. That gets in the way of everything. That gets in the way of your read. That gets in the way of your distance control. Gets in the way in in the way of everything that's important. So get over the ball, look at the target, and hit some putts, mm -hmm. and picture what starts that stroke because it is in the back shoulder blade. The back. So if you're right-hander, right. your back left shoulder blade starts, and you'll feel that your arms actually aren't doing anything. Mm. It's actually the back pushes the way, yeah. and then you putt. So if you putt and you feel like your arms are doing something, you're doing it wrong. Right. It's probably why you got the yips. It's probably why you're having 40 putts around. Yep. So get on that putting green, set up, look at your target, and hit the putt while you're looking at the target. But don't just worry about it. Try and picture what starts the stroke. Very important. And you'll find, if you're a right-hander, the left shoulder blade pushes 
everything away. Yeah. So your arms won't do anything. And then, after a while, start looking at the ball. You know, don't do the Jordan Spieth. Look at the ball <laughs> and start your stroke with that left shoulder blade on the, you know, you this part of your back. That way your arms are out of the situation, your big muscles are in control, and your big muscles, when you get a bit nervy, no worries. Yep. They can handle the nerves. The little muscles, your arms and your fingers and your wrists, they don't handle the nerves very well. No. They do not. So start, yeah, start, start with that back. Start with the back shoulder blade. It mightn't be that for you. It might be something else. Yeah. But putt, look at the target, hit some putts while you're looking at the target, and feel what starts at uh, what starts away. Even sometimes if you just putt with your eyes closed. Just hit putts see with your eyes closed. Like. Just see what it feels like. See what it feels like naturally. And away you go. Two great tips in a row, Marco, about how to start your swing after last week's tip as well, which is great. putts around. Yep is doable if you can chip. I'll have to have a chipping one next week as well. Yes. You need to be able to chip it close as well to mm-hmm. get 26 putts around we'll and bunkers and everything else. You like, need to be good at everything. Talk twenty six putts week around. a little bit longer about which clubs we should be using for chipping too, Marco. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, a good one. that's a good one. Whether that's we're using a loft wedge or a I'll save iron. Or? I could go right now, but I'll save it for next we'll week. We'll save it for next save week. Save it for next week. Hey, Marco, great to have you in again on the clubhouse. Nice one, Jules. We'll uh, see you next week. See you next time, buddy.